morning, good morning. Oh, I just normally lay my Bible on the stool because the stand won't hold it and my tablet both. <laughs> are the children leaving today? Children, you are dismissed at this time. Yeah. <laughs> you have your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you do, turn with me to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John, we're really going to be looking at chapter 3 today, uh, chapter 4 today, but we want to begin in chapter 3 before we move to chapter 4. In John chapter 3, we have what is recorded uh, an encounter of Jesus with a man by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a uh, respected and prominent religious leader of the nation of Israel. He would have been a man who knew the Scriptures very well, was familiar with the Scriptural teachings and beliefs and practices. And yet, with all of that, he was searching for something that was missing in his life. And he comes to Jesus by night, the Scripture tells us, and he's inquiring about that which is missing in his life. And Jesus says to him, you have to be born again. Nicodemus was confused by this statement. And he said, I can't enter a second time in my mother's womb, can I? And Jesus says, no, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. And they have this encounter, and Nicodemus, from that moment forward, we're not sure exactly when, but but through the process of what he learned from Jesus and his knowledge of Scripture, he slowly but surely became a follower of Jesus. We know that at one occasion when they were discussing uh, with the religious leaders of what to do with Jesus and they were already condemning him, Nicodemus speaks up and says, well, well, why don't we we give him a trial? Why Why don't we listen to what he has to say? And boy... Was that a bad thing? He, he was the, the sore thumb amongst the group. You know, he stood out as somebody having compassion or, or understanding for Jesus. And the other leaders did not like that. We know that after Jesus' crucifixion, uh, he uh, was involved with the process of receiving his body and placing him in a tomb for a proper burial. And so we know that, that somehow, some way through the process... He became a follower of Jesus. No no definite, this is the moment, this is the time. But the indication is from his life decisions that he became a follower of Jesus. And then we move forward to John chapter 3. And Jesus is with his disciples and they are on a journey. And while they're on the journey, Jesus stops to rest for a while And he sends the disciples on to purchase food. And while he is sitting by the well, there is a woman, the Scripture says, who comes to gather water. And it is the middle of the day. 
Now that in itself is very unusual. Most of the water gathering was done early in the morning or late, late in in the day, not in the heat of the day. But when she arrives to draw the water, she is a Samaritan woman. Now the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along at all. And, uh, and especially a Jewish man and a Samaritan woman. But when she comes, Jesus asks the question, would you give me a drink? And she's taken back by this. And she said, well, well, would you, a Jewish man, ask something of me, a Samaritan woman? You know, she said, I, I'm confused by this. And, and Jesus says to her an interesting thing. And he, he says to her, if you knew who it was that was talking to you. And asking you for a drink. And so she, she was interested. And she wanted to know more. And, and so they began to have a conversation about water. And Jesus said, listen. He said, I offer a water that if you drink it, you'll never be thirsty again. And she said, I, I want some of that water. Give me some of that so I don't ever have to come to this well and draw water again. And Jesus proceeds to explain to her that he's not talking about literal water, but he's talking about a spiritual water. In chapter 4, I want to begin and, and pick up and, uh, and share with you. In verse 13, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty nor come all the way here to draw. And he said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have well said that you have no husband for You have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. The woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall you worship the Father. You worship that which you do not know. We worship that which we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be His worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, we're going to stop right there. We'll pick up with that again in just a moment. But as we look at these two individuals, we see some very contrasting persons. Nicodemus, a religious leader, familiar, very familiar with the Scripture, respected and and a prominent individual in his community. And then we see this woman. By every indication, she is an outcast. By every indication, she is an undesirable person who's had multiple husbands and now has reached the point in her life, in her relationships, that, that she's not even going to bother with the ceremony of marriage any longer. She's just going to live with him. 
You've had five husbands, and the guy that you're living with now is not your husband, Jesus said. And so she's drifted from one man to another man to another man. She's had some marriages, evidently, in time. But this guy, finally, she reaches the point and goes, well, what's the deal with going through the formality? Why, why do we even bother with, you know, the, the idea of marriage? And they just begin to live together. And so we, we look at a person who has very questionable character. She has a, a very sordid background, if you would. And then we look at an individual who is held in high regard, who is a religious leader, who is thought of with, with great respect in his community. Two very contrasting personalities and characters. The first thing I want you to note today is this. Jesus treated them exactly the same. He treated them both with kindness. He treated them both with respect. He, he gave them His time to listen to them and to communicate to them and to share with them. There was not a, a shred of difference in Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus and Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. I wonder... How guilty are we of treating people differently based off of what we consider to be their character or their past or how others view them or, or their level of importance or rejection by society? If they are accepted by society and they're considered you know, an okay person and everything's all right, then, then we treat them differently than someone who is an outcast or someone who is, is shameful or, or someone who has a sordid past. Jesus says, let's, let's not do that. Let's treat people with the same kindness, the same respect, the same values, because it's our value and it is our person that that is how we treat them, not based on who they are or who they aren't. And so I think sometimes we need to re-examine that in our life, that, that somebody that, um, that is considered less than, that that's the way we treat them. And somebody that's considered okay and acceptable, that's the way we treat them. And that we have the same kindness and the same respect when we interact with anyone that we encounter in life. Because I think that goes a long way in exactly what happened with both of these individuals. Because Jesus didn't show a difference in the two. Because Jesus showed both of them kindness and respect and gave them His time. Both of them become followers of Jesus. Over the last several weeks we've talked about what it means to be called to be a witness. And we've talked about the content of our witness, and we've talked about the motivation of our witness, and we've talked about that call that we receive to be a witness in, in the kingdom of God. And now Jesus is giving us an incredible example of what it means to be a witness. And part of that is how we treat people. Part of that is how we view and interact with people. And do we show a difference to those that are in one class and those that are in another class? Do we show a difference in those that seem to be a little bit better, a little bit moral, a, a, a little bit more valued in life and those that are less valued in life? 
Because if we do, our witness will not be effective. Our witness will be viewed as a sham. It will be viewed as something that's convenient when we're talking to a certain group of people and inconvenient when we're talking to another group of people. And so the idea will be, well, you know, there witnesses this in this situation, but there's not much of a witness or testimony in this situation. So all of a sudden it's viewed as hypocritical. Well, they can turn on the witness and witness to people that are closer to their type of people and people who are more like them, but people who are less like them and and not their kind of people, well, they don't share much of a witness or testimony with those folks. And so it begins to impact just how much impact we can have with our witness and our testimony. Second thing I want us to note today before we get to the heart of the text is this. I want you to note in the life of Jesus that we can care about someone, we can, can want to help someone without agreeing with their lifestyle. In our world today, it seems that's not okay. If you don't agree with me, if you don't support my stance, if you aren't, aren't wholly on board with the direction that I'm going, then you're a hater. You're a bigot. You're somebody that, that is, is judgmental of me and my lifestyle. And Jesus demonstrates to us, He cared about this woman. He wanted something better for her life. That doesn't mean that He agreed with her lifestyle. That doesn't mean that He supported her lifestyle. In fact, He points it out to her, your lifestyle isn't what it should be. You've had five husbands, that's true, that the guy that you have now is not your husband, but you've had five others, and now you're living with this guy. Jesus pointed out the truth of the matter, but that doesn't mean that he didn't care and didn't mean that he wanted a different thing for her life. And so we have to understand that we we can't be afraid to take a stand on the truth of God's Word. And be concerned that somebody's going to consider us a, a bigot or a hater or, or judgmental or something of that nature if we present the truth of God's Word in a loving way. And Jesus did that. And yet our world says, oh, hang on, wait a minute. If you don't agree with me wholeheartedly and support where I am, well, well no, 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 that, that's not right. But Jesus gives us an example and says, listen, this woman's lifestyle is not acceptable. How she's living, what she's doing is not the way it should be done, but I still care about her. And I still want to give her my time and I still want to help her. And so there are three things that I want to learn from that today. And the first one is this, meeting Jesus changes things in our lives. Meeting Jesus changes things in our lives. Nicodemus met Jesus face to face, and it changed him, changed his future, it changed who he became later in life. This woman meets Jesus face to face, and it drastically changed her life. In fact, as she began to have this encounter with Jesus, the Scripture says, now remember, every indication is that she is an outcast of society, that she is unacceptable to the people around her in her community. And the scripture says that she left her water pot and went back to town and began to tell people about her encounter with Jesus. Imagine the transition, if you would. The indication is, doesn't tell us this, but the indication is she came to the well. At the time of day, she came to the well to avoid people. 
because she didn't want to hear the snickers and she didn't want to hear the gossip and she didn't want to see people talking about her behind their hand or over here or over there. And so she just felt a lot better coming to, to the well when there wasn't anybody else there to have to deal with those things. But now that she's met Jesus, she walks right back into the town, right back into the presence of those people, and she begins to tell them about this guy who told her everything about her life. Now, her life is what people gossiped about. Her life was what people pointed about and whispered about. And she comes back and says, Hey, there's this guy that I met, and he's... He's told me everything about my life. He knew all about who I am. And she began to boldly tell people about Jesus. Because meeting Jesus changes things in our life. And I would encourage you today to take an inventory of your life and ask yourself the question. From the moment that I met Jesus... Have things changed in my life? Am I a different person than I was before? Am I a different person today than I was then? Has meeting Jesus made a difference in who I am and how I live day by day in my life? Because meeting Jesus changes things in our lives. Second thing I want us to see today is this. Sharing Jesus, a call to our testimony, to be a witness. Sharing Jesus changes things in others' lives. Sharing Jesus changes things in others' lives. Let's pick up in the text where we left off earlier and continue to read about this amazing event. Jesus said, the hour is coming when we will worship God both in spirit and truth. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. Verse 25. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when that one comes, He will declare all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. He revealed Himself to this woman. I am the Messiah that you're speaking of. And at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he had been speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek? Or why do you speak with her? So the woman left her water pot and went to the city and said to the men, Come and see a man who told me all things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? Okay, so still a question. Interested? intrigued, but still a question. This is not the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and they were and were coming to Him. In the meanwhile, the disciples were requesting Him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But He said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. The disciples, therefore, were saying to one another, no one brought Him anything to eat, did they? He said to them, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Look on the fields. They are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal. That he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in in this case, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. 
I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Now listen to these verses. Sharing Jesus changes other people's lives. Listen to this. And from the city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word, the woman who testified. Hear that? Many of these people who who considered this woman a less than in society, who she was a, a, a woman of questionable character because of her morals and her many marriages and living with a man now, and many from that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. And here's what I want you to know. We talked about this last week a little bit in the motivation, but I want you to understand this woman did not know all the answers. In fact, when she said, this isn't the Christ, is it? There was still a question in her mind. She, she had not been trained. There was no formal training. There was no, hey, here's the outline that you want to share with people, A, B, and C. None of that. She simply went and told them about meeting Jesus and what it meant to her life. And because she did that, the Scripture says that there were many of them who began to believe in Jesus because of this woman's witness. Because of this woman's testimony. She wasn't a professional evangelist. She hadn't been trained in evangelism or any of those things. She simply told these people about her encounter with meeting Jesus. So when, verse 40, so when the Samaritans came to him, they were asking him to stay with them, and he stayed for there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. Okay, So they began because of her word. They continued and many more believed because of his word. And they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves... And know that this one indeed is the Savior of the world. What an incredible moment of transition and encounter and blessing. Because this woman was treated by Jesus with kindness and respect. Because he was willing to talk to her about her life. She went back to town and she began to tell people about her encounter with Jesus. Remember, still a question. This, this isn't the Christ, is it? wasn't sure. But it was a special moment, an incredible encounter that she ha- had experienced. And so she says, hey, listen to what happened. And so they went out and they began to talk to Jesus. And the Scripture says that many of them believed that their initial belief was because of her testimony. But they continue to believe and more believe because of His Word. And in the end, they said, it's no longer because of what you said, but it's because of His Word and what He has said that's made a difference in our life. But where did it begin? It began with her Word. It began with her testimony. It began with her witness. It began with her willingness to face people that she normally would not desire to face and to tell them, about the difference Jesus was making in her life at that moment in time. We talk about our witness. 
We talk about the content of it. We talk about the motivation of it and all of those, those other things that we've been sharing together the last several weeks. Here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that we simply need to tell people about what happened with us when we met Jesus and then let Him take it from there. We don't have to to know all the answers and and have all the, the, the outlines of things to do. Just say simply, this is what He means to me. And she went back and, and in just a, a few moments told people about her encounter with Jesus and meeting Jesus changed her life and meeting Jesus and, and, their, and her sharing her testimony changed others' lives. And that's what He calls us to do doesn't call us to, to do anything extraordinary. It doesn't call us to be a Nicodemus who's a religious leader that's well-respected in our community. He calls us to be people who are willing to tell people about meeting Jesus and how it changes our life. And if they start at that point, then He will allow His Word and His Spirit to take it from there. But He does call us to do our part. And He said... Your part begins by taking a drink. A drink of water that he offers that he says will well up within us like a spring that flows out. Do you get the correlation of the two? That when, when the, the water came in, the spring began to flow out, and this woman began to tell people about her encounter with Jesus. And it just continued to flow. It continued to flow. And it began to make a difference in her life, and it began to make a difference in their life. If He has changed your heart, and He has changed your life, then all He asks you is be willing to share that with others. So this morning, we're going to sing an invitation hymn.